Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection, with free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Well, Joe, it's uh, it's great to be with you. Thought maybe me and you would just sit down and chat for a little bit as we enter the uh, beginning stages of summer. Well, that's a great idea, Tim. You and I haven't had the chance to uh, kind of reminisce and just shoot the breeze for a while, uh, head you know face to face a little bit in quite some time. Well, yeah, and I know that's one of the things when I was at, at uh, in Reno, three or four of us were just sitting around Brew Brothers having a having a refreshment and just kind of chatting about bowling, and it, it made me think back to when we used to do that on more of our shows and thought, you know, it'd be a great idea just sit down and chat a little bit. Uh, I know one of the things that I, I know we were talking a little bit, and you're telling me how you have all these new bowling balls to test, and, of course, if people want to read the full reviews, they're on uh, bowlersjournal.com, subscribe to the magazine, and you can read the full reviews, but I thought it'd be great to talk about the ones from the June and July issue, which July will be coming out here shortly. Just kind of see once what people can have if they want to are looking to add to their arsenal. Yeah, that's a great idea, Tim. And you know, summer is typically the time most of the manufacturers, both the major players as well as some of the minor players, like to introduce their fall season product line. Uh, you know, they'll make their discontinued products. Uh, available during the summer as they introduce new products and then we also see some balls that stay in the line for years which i wish more did but uh... storm i think is celebrating the fifth year anniversary of the storm high road which in today's marketplace five years for a ball to be in a manufacturer's catalog is kind of astonishing well yeah and what um Curious, what do, I mean, aside from ball sales, is that really the main catalyst as, as far as they communicate with you guys at the pro shop level and, and what's selling and what people are interested in? Is that well, how they decide how they're going to phase out a ball? You know, I, I really think that's one of the main criteria that, that they, you know, look at is, is basically sales and not necessarily performance or if a ball fills a particular niche in the market. Um, one of the more surprising uh, occurrences that we just learned about a month ago is Brunswick has a great product called the Versamax. It almost won Ball of the Year. I, I believe it was second or third in the voting this year um, behind the Storm Lucid. And yet it's being discontinued after one year in their line. And I'll tell you, I, as soon as I found that out, I quick tried to, to grab some more and get a couple cases you know, for the Pro Shop, and they're unavailable. And contacting Brunswick, you know, they basically said it, it just didn't meet their criteria for next season. So they're dropping it from the line. And, I mean, it's a wonderful product. It's, it's, it's usable, uh, very release-friendly core. It matches up on a lot of different patterns, good on house conditions, sport conditions. Yet, 
it, it maybe didn't meet their, meet their sales quotas they were looking for, and unfortunately, it's out of the line. Well, that is interesting. I wonder if it if it's one of those things where it was a regional thing where it worked up by you in the Midwest and maybe didn't work in other parts of the country or they didn't have success with it in other parts of the country or if the pros kind of struggled with it. That's that's very interesting. Well, you know, Tom has shot a 300 game using a Versamax uh, during the Wolf Open, I believe, in Milwaukee. Uh, no, that was the one at Bolero. The Bolero tournament was the... Badger was at Waukesha, and then the Wolf was at AMF West. Which tournament was at Bolero? You know what? Was I'm that... looking that up, too, here. Um... Well, again, it wasn't the Badger. It wasn't the Wolf. It was the third one. And uh, he shot a 300 game uh, late in the evening. Uh, I was watching it on Extra Frame, and he, you know, it, the bear him shooting a 300. I think he had 770-some his last three games, but... Uh, he was able to win a complimentary ball for one of the lucky uh, viewers that was there. But, uh, I mean, the Versamax, I don't know if it met sales quotas in our area only, but I speak to pro shop operators all over the nation, uh, you know, via Facebook as well as emails now and then. So I've talked to pro shops on the East Coast, West Coast, again, down South, and and not just the Midwest. And, and the Versamax, again, is just one of their better products. And uh, they had good sales numbers on it. It's kind of like Brunswick's version of the high road, if I can actually say that, in that it's it's just usable in a lot of conditions. Yet uh, again, it's it's unfortunate it won't be in their line next year. But let's hope Brunswick has something in the works that's going to be every bit as good or better. And but uh, time will tell. Well, exactly. So let's talk about just a couple and, and hit on them briefly, maybe a couple of the highlights. We don't have to go through each ball by ball, obviously. But I know the one thing that I, I do want to hit on is because I know this company has not released a lot of bowling balls. And correct me if I'm wrong in saying that, but Columbia 300 actually came out with some, some new pieces. So did you test get, get to test those or can you divulge anything about the new Columbia pieces out there? Well, you know, there's two products that did make the June issue from Columbia. One is the SmackDown. It's a hybrid cover stock, purplish color with some silver mixed in. Uh, it comes sanded at 502,000, so it's got an aggressive grit to it. Uh, the ball gathered a, a 56 hook rating uh, during testing, uh, medium length with, with a 14 and, and a 15 breakpoint shape, which basically means it's not as snappy or as angular as a, a polished pearlized ball would be, but it wasn't lazy making the corner either. But that's one of their products. The other one, which maybe may sell a little bit more in areas where players need length and flip. It's called the Disruption, which is also a solid, but it comes polished. Uh, it, and it has that resurgence core, which is a low RG core. So it revs up easily. It's got a nice smooth motion down lane. A 49 hook rating basically means it's designed for medium amounts of oil. And uh, again, those were two of the more exciting products uh, in the whole month of June, and both from Columbia. They do have another new one coming out in August. I, I won't divulge, well, I can divulge the name because I believe it's on their website. It's called the Antics, which is a brand new cover formula called AR300. Uh, it comes polished, and it's got a medium RG, a lot of flair, and uh, that ball. So far, an early testing is going to get between a 52 and 54 hook rating. We haven't quite finalized the numbers. So it's kind of a fit between the SmackDown and Disruption from what we're seeing, again, early in our testing. 
Yeah, I'm looking. That is on their on their website too. And like you said, it, it um, it's uh, the AR 300 is what they're they're calling it as an awesome reaction. So uh, I know a couple of folks that are on Columbia's uh, regional staff, and they were very happy to see Columbia coming out with some new stuff, and uh, and that sort of thing. And I guess Joe, what else? I know we we were talking a little bit. Storm uh, always one to to be releasing a, a few pieces. So is there something maybe you can chat a little bit about with the storm? Maybe hit hit a high highlight or two. I sure can. And and June, we had no storm balls in June. Uh, we had no storm balls to test in July for the July issue. That is, and again, uh, being mid June now is when I'm reviewing balls and testing them, which will appear in the August issue. Yet in August, there will be two new balls. One is called the Marvel S, and if you say it quickly, it's marvelous. And that is a solid version of with a low RG core and plenty of differential. It's like the Marvel Pearl core, but with the NRG cover, which is the virtual gravity cover. So it's a phenomenal cover. Uh, a great core in that it's, again, like the Resurgence core, low RG, uh, plenty of flare, so it's, it's easy to read, nice and smooth motion, not skid flippy. And then the other ball is, is an offshoot of the Storm High Road, uh, which we mentioned earlier has a, a five-year lifespan so far, and they're coming out with an all-pearl version of that, and that will be uh, purple in color, grape-scented, and that ball is going to have a little bit more length and push than the high road through the, the front and mid lane portion. A little bit more angular on the back, but we're not seeing a flip motion. Definitely more of a strong arc. Excellent. And again, those reviews are going to be full in the Bowler's Journal magazine. Go to bowlersjournal.com if you want to subscribe to the magazine. Also check out their website, Facebook page as well for more information. Bowler's Journal, Joe, 100 years they've been around. What a, And it's it's a great magazine. And, and uh, make sure you also check out uh, while the USBC Open is still running, the Bowler's Journal championship being held at the stadium. I know uh, a lot of people talking when I was out in, out in Reno. I went and just chatted with the folks down there, and they said their entries are up and uh, a lot of people on squads and such. So for the full reviews, you know, go there. You get a lot more technical in the magazine regarding the equipment. You have the full chart with the hook rating and hook ratio and all that. And you also describe in detail what you're testing on, who's helping you test, and so on, so people can get the full full skinny and lowdown on that. I know one of the things you were talking about too, Joe, regarding the PBA was Motive. You know, Motive actually, uh, this is their first year on tour, and they had Jake Peters won a tournament, and then last week also Motive had another representative whose name is escaping me now made the, made e the final e show. EJ Tackett, I yes. believe, is who used the Motive. Um, but let's talk about talk about the Red Ball because I know that was one that uh, I was getting a lot of lot of play on the internet and and um, and just how Jake threw it so well and, and really scored made a fifty two foot pattern look look relatively easy. I want to say that he made that pattern. I mean, look like a house shot, and I don't know how he did it. Well, I do know how. Excellent execution, great lane play, and obviously the right matchup with ball and and release. Uh, and it's, it's called the Primal Rage. It's been nicknamed the Red Ball because it's red, and I don't, maybe not everyone knew the name of it, but it's, it's one of Motive's, I would say, more exciting products in that it, it's kind of a long and strong motion. I mean, we gave it a 54 hook rating, which is above average, but not a super hooker. Uh, a 16 length that really got through the, the lane pretty easily. Length was never an issue. And we gave it a 17 breakpoint. And 
I believe in, in the five years I've been doing ball testing, only about four balls have gotten a 17 breakpoint shape. And what that means is the ball can be angular if you want it to be contingent on layout. Uh, obviously, bowler release and lane condition has a part in, in how angular it's going to look. But basically, when a ball has a 17 breakpoint rating from us, that means that cover is a quick response cover. And, and when you hear me talk about quick response or slow response, I mean, all balls read the pattern in their own way. And all balls go reasonably straight in the front 40 feet where the oil is. It's how quickly they respond when they leave the pattern that will dictate if it garners a high rating or not. This ball definitely garnered a high rating in that it is quick and angular. So that ball probably got the biggest reviews or raves during the, the Milwaukee swing this past, say, three weeks or so. And it looks like it's going to be available to uh, the general public on the 18th of next month of uh, July, that is. So look for it there. Also, you know, check out MotiveBowling.com. You want to watch some videos on that. I know uh, Brett and all the guys are, are got some great videos up there if you want to take a look and watch it. And like you said, it, it, it looked really great on, on that long pattern. And, and like you said, just um, – just getting a lot, and I probably the nickname because people are seeing it go down the lane, and they're like, "What is that? What's he throwing? Is that what's that red ball?" And uh, and so that's a great way to create some buzz for it for a great product here that's made in, in you know in the United States, made over in Michigan. So right, and and you know surprisingly, Tim, you know it's fifteen hundred grit polished. Uh, it's a pearl resin. It's called Fusion Pearl, but it has a high RG, which is rare in a premium line ball. Most premium line balls have low RG, which means they're set up purposely to roll quicker and easier and faster. The high RG can create some lope, and I'm surprised it worked on the 52-foot pattern. So that tells me we have a strong cover, and the core delayed the dynamics so well, but not too long, but well enough to where the ball created a, a nice angular motion because there's only eight feet for the ball to hook on a 52-foot pattern. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Jake threw it so well, and in fact, pretty much all the guys I saw throwing it, uh, there's a lot of freelancers out there that can choose any manufacturer they want. That ball made a great move for a lot of players. And uh, I think it's really going to help put motive on the map. Well, and I know Jake had mentioned, um, uh, they mentioned during the TV telecast, and, and Jake bowls a lot of the uh, the inside bowling tournaments down in St. Louis. You know, Mike Flanagan uh, puts on a great tournament, a longer pattern like that as well. So that really, really helps. He said it really helped him to know how to play this pattern, you know, play a longer pattern, where a lot of a lot of the pro conditions, usually 50 feet is about the most you're going to see, and that's probably even been a while since they had a pattern that was that long. Um, but so that's where you know Jake was saying he gave a lot of a lot of credit to being able to practice on that sort of longer pattern to bowling the inside bowling open and such in St. Louis. So yeah. um, and Tim, have you ever bowled on a fifty-two or fifty-foot pattern? I have not. Okay, we did prior to the pro tournaments coming to Milwaukee. Uh, Van McNeil, who's a local radio celebrity, and uh, a few of my friends uh, went down to the River City bowling lanes in Waterford, Wisconsin, because they have the same Brunswick machine, so we figured they could put out the pattern pretty close, and, and they put the pattern down. It's called the Badger pattern, and it was scary tight in that you could not give away the pocket no matter where you played, unless you played, you know, 
between 17th and 18th board, 19th board, because there you can give the pocket away by a board or two, but that's it. I mean, you couldn't swing it out five and hope to see it come back. It, it wouldn't. There, there was too much volume and, and too long. And so, you know, we found on that pattern you had to play inside because, again, there's not a lot of time for the ball to hook. So your best looks were between, say, 16th board and 20 as they broke down. Never did we have miss room right. We did have a little hold on it where you could tug it in a board, and if your speed was firm enough, your, your carry was good, you would trip fours and, and you'd carry. But if you got a board wide, you know, it was almost a guaranteed washout 210 or 124. So when there's no room to miss a board right, as you know, you, everything gets tight. Your, your swing feels tighter. You, you know, you can't freewheel it. And it was tough, and these pros made it look easy. Well, yeah, and that um, that's interesting because I'm guessing the other thing is you had to stay a little bit softer and keep your speed slow because the minute you would get fast, I mean, you were leaving either flat 10 if or, or 5 pin or 5 7 or leaving some really weird uh, combinations like that, correct? When, did you guys see that when you were throwing on it? We saw a couple stone 5 10s in the pocket, and – Maybe the speed was important, but I don't think it was because it was on a wood surface. So, you know, pros typically bowl on synthetic much harder. And it, it seemed the players were, and Jake in particular, very firm and aggressive with speed. And I think that, you know, possibly allows their physical game to be more aggressive as well with lift and rotation. Uh, they weren't trying to spin it, obviously, or, or circle it, but real firm speed firm forward roll behind the ball and, and let the lane and ball do the little bit of work it was going to do. But I really didn't see a lot of players slow down a lot because you didn't want to see it curve much because whenever you see a ball curve, your instincts are to swing it a little, and you didn't want to do that. You wanted to rope it. Kind well, of frozen roped him from inside what was the, the thought process by most of the top pros. Yep, exactly. Joe, and one of the things we mentioned earlier were you know, as it's summertime, um, what are you hearing from some of your members, uh, your your customers in the shop there? Are, are a lot of people taking time now? Are they working on their games? Or are people just saying, the heck with it, I'm going to take a break for a little bit? Well, you know, this time of the year, we, we really stay surprisingly active, even though it, it's nice to have a little downtime. Uh, customers are coming in all the time, and, and some are working on their physical game in that they're, you know, tearing apart their swings, their releases, their balance points, their leverage points, trying to either eliminate inconsistencies or just create a stronger physical game. And summer is perfect time to do it. I mean, uh, this is the time of the year where I work on my game. I mean, it's as you get older, your, your physical skills aren't quite as sharp as when you're in your 20s and 30s. So I need to create things in my game, elements in my game that can allow me to be uh, more powerful, more consistent, and be able to repeat easier than, say, years previous. Uh, regarding equipment choices, this is when a lot of players try things. They'll try a new thumb pitch or a new finger pitch or new inserts. Uh, they'll try different layouts to see if there's a layout that, say, gives them a good reaction on a, on a house shot, which can be really tricky at times when, when they're real wet-dry. Uh, so they'll try things to help blend out the pattern. But again, summer is just a perfect time, I think, to fine-tune your game, uh, fix things that need fixing, because it's not easy to do in mid-season because 
corrections can take more than a week. And as you know, Tim, and uh, are you working on your game? I am actually. After I got back from Reno, I did, I did a listen uh, lesson with Mike Jazz now, and he gave me some some things to work on. And the first couple were were actually fairly easy to implement. It took a little bit of thinking on my end, and um, and so now I have about two or th- two or three more. There were five, like I said. So, um, but yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Where I'm working on some things. Um, all the things that Mike is helping me with are, are to help get me better position at the line, uh, better leverage at the line. Um, and like I said, they're, they're coming along. It comes along slowly because, you know, it's so nice outside and you, you, you really don't want to, you don't want to be at the bowling center, but once you're there, you want to be there because you know, you need to be there and the rewards are, you're going to pay off in dividends. Now for me, one of the tricky parts is I'm actually bowling my, I'm bowling a summer league and it's a, um, PBA experience league. So I kind of have the double, uh, challenge of trying to i mean i don't you know i know we've had chris warn on and we've had folks on before who've said you know pr- league is your time to practice um but you still likewise when are paying you're chris warren good i would when, agree yeah it, well exactly and yeah. practice for him is is completely uh is is all relative um now for me it, it's still where i want to score well and but i still want to be able to work on what i'm working on and and amazingly what i found is when i do what i'm supposed to do the the ball reacts decent off the off the pattern and 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 everything of that sort so i'm working on my game too it's it's um it's it's a challenge though and it's one of those things that hopefully though we see the reward and you know you see you go into a bowling center and like i said though i'm seeing a lot of people out there bowling a lot of people like you said practicing their game now one thing that i'd like to bring up and this kind of is is off of something that Jeff Riggles posted on his Facebook page after he finished bowling, which, by the way, Jeff had, had two great senior events that he bowled the Masters and yeah, the U.S. Know, I Open. I am more impressed with his bowling ability and skills as years go by than I've ever been before. And, and I've always respected his game, but that kid, I, I think he's just going to get better and better. I mean, he, he's like an amuleto. He's an amateur, but he's a, an amateur amuleto in that past 50. He is going to shine. Well, he is, and I know the I know why they set it up the way they set it up, where they had the tournament so close back to back to each other. But for you know, well documented with Jeff's uh, wrist issues, um, he had posted about going from fifteen to fourteen, and any any um, any advice on that sort of thing as far as hitting power. And I'm thinking that for a bowler who may be thinking that same thing, this is also the time to think about that, or maybe get a ball drilled up at fourteen and try it and see see what happens if if you can do that and. And if you like it, if you like your carry and reaction, what um, you have any players coming in trying, trying, you know, I guess that's more of a, a radical change in your game, but still something you need to work on. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I have a customer who drives down from Green Bay, and and again, on my pro shops in Milwaukee, and uh, he averaged two thirty one last year, and he's sixty four years old, I believe. His name is Steve Dombrowski, and he is trying a fourteen pounder for the first time. I don't think because he has to, but I think he's reached a point where he can still throw 15 well, but not well all the time. Because there's some days, you know, you may be a little more tired than others, or again, the, the body catches up to you, or maybe he bowls back-to-back days. And, and, and I toy between 14 and 15 myself, Tim, and I have found definitely easier to generate speed, easier to generate rotation. Uh, no loss in hitting power with good releases, slightly missed releases. You will see a little bit more deflection. 
But if you throw more good shots with 14 than you do 15, it kind of makes sense to use a lighter ball because throwing a 15, not well, let's say, is not going to carry anyway. Exactly. And I wonder if, like you said, if you can make up for that in a little bit of the speed, carry some more, a couple more light mixers or one more light mixer a game to where where you won't, you know, if you're throwing a 15 not well, it's you're not going to you're not going to get a hit like right. that. So yeah. and, and, you know, Tim, the dynamics are so strong in balls. I would say most balls from 13 up 13, 14s, 15s. The dynamics are so much more effective and matched to the cover than how they were, say, a few years ago. Uh, I think bowlers that, again, getting up there in age or, or losing ball speed or, or just losing the ability to be aggressive with the ball through the release zone should give serious consideration to trying a lighter ball. Well, Joe, and then in our final couple minutes here, just want to, I know with the PBA summer swing going kind of in, in full full mode here, they taped it earlier. Obviously, that's no big secret. They, I, I feel though they've done a really good job this year in not um, not spoiling the results necessarily. So, but you were up there watching some of it, watching some of the qualifying. What um, what were your impressions? Number one, I guess, just on how how you thought the players did, and what did the did the guys did they really like the way the PBA was doing the summer thing, uh, summer swing? Was that a, a a positive vibe? Could you feel in in the paddock area? Um, you know. I talked to a number of the pros, uh, both amateur and regular touring pros, and I think they appreciate what the PBA is doing, and they know the PBA is doing whatever it can do to stay relevant in today's game. They know the difficulties of getting big sponsorship dollars, uh, but I don't think there was any dissatisfaction or regret sentiment from any of the pros I spoke to. Uh, I have spoken to, in fact, Mike Jagabowski called me a few days ago, and uh, our listeners may know him as Mike J. Laneside. He does the play-by-play on Extra Frame, and, I mean, Mike is involved with hundreds of different activities, but, you know, they know the challenges they face are not insurmountable, but there's so many more challenges and activities vying for uh, the entertainment dollar that each of us has, and it's a finite number, there's only so much you can do to try and attract these uh, viewers or listeners to either Extra Frame or to come out and view the PBA events, you know, firsthand. Um, you know, it was during the working week, so most people work 9 to 5, so, you know, and that's when most of the tournament play was. And there was a few in the evening, but some started at 6 o'clock, and it's not that easy to get there on time, and, and you know it was nice weather here in Milwaukee, and we haven't had that in eight months. And sometimes when it's nice out, even though people have a choice to go to a movie or go watch the Pro's Bowl, you know they're going to do something outdoors with either the family or yard work or just take a walk with the wife. And you know they don't always want to be indoors when finally nice weather arrives. Well, and and I know you know there is tons of people voicing their displeasure with things and i just think you know we have to focus on the positive is that we had a swing a summer swing this year i mean last year there was none of this uh on on tv and such and la- so we just have to take the positives and like you said they know that they're competing for a certain amount of dollars and i think 
the the players like we saw some new new fresh faces on TV already and uh, I guess and that can only you know as we move forward in the, in the next couple of weeks the next next one is coming up next Tuesday I know it's on CBS Sports Network so I saw people kind of uh, mentioning that they don't get that channel and such and you know I understand and I, I agree with what you're saying where there's only a certain amount of money that can uh, that you have to spend on sort of stuff but sometimes I, I really I don't know. I guess I, I'm I scratch my head a little bit and and wonder when someone says, "Well, I don't want to pay 4.99 a month for something," but they'll go out or, or you know have an extra beer at bowling or have an extra cocktail somewhere else, and and there yeah, is that 4.99 a month. And then the other thing is, if you don't like the channel, cancel it. I mean, most cases there's you're not locked in to these um you know to that channel if you want it for one month and pay for it for one month or two months or whatever the minimum is and then get rid of it or something but right. or, or and, a starbucks and, you know, coffee I, I, or something I, I know what you're saying tim and i and i watch the money i spend as well as you do and you know i'll spend the money for extra frame and i will buy the cbs package to watch these events you know it's 8.99 for a month and you don't have to subscribe to it 12 months but extra frame is 12 months a year and there's the I don't just enjoy watching it. I enjoy listening to the commentary. You know, when when they get the players on, like, you know, Dick Allen is on there or Patrick Allen, as well as, you know, Jason Thomas, and then you got Mike in there. I mean, the commentary to me, and I love Randy Peterson, but the commentary in Extra Frame gets deeper into the game, and we hear more insights because uh, they'll talk to ball reps like Del, you know, Del Ballard or Chuck Gardner, and and I learn more listening to that, not just about products, but about the bowling game than we can learn from Randy. Even though Randy, I think, does a great job, you know, there's just there's more time on extra frame, and to me, it's it's a bargain at at four ninety nine a month. I mean, come on. Well, exactly, and I know one of the things they did on the TV show. This week was they showed the difference when they when they went from the 32 foot pattern uh, last week to the 50 50 foot uh, 52 foot pattern just to to give the viewers you know kind of that image of I mean because we you know again me and you and a lot of the people who are listening now understand that the one pattern is going to hook obviously a lot more and where they're going to play on the lanes is going to be different but if you're someone who's just watching this for the first time you're not going to understand that so i thought it was a it was a very good visual and even then when you tell someone it's one thing when you show them you know we're we're visual folks here so people love to see that reaction and see how the ball goes down the lane and you know clips off the, the three on the right on a 52 foot pattern and and, <laughs> and strikes on the on the 32 foot pattern so um so joe well it sounds to me then like you got your your summer's plan with um doing all these tests for uh ball tests for the bowlers journal and 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 obviously then for your customers as well because then they can come in and pick your brain on on what fits into their game yeah and you know no one can ever complain that uh there's a shortage of equipment. In fact, uh, the August issue right now, the current count is there will be 19 new balls coming out for the August issue. And, you know, some are somewhat replicas of what's out there. Others are little tweaks. Uh, it's just there's so many more manufacturers now, and they all want to, they don't want to be caught behind the eight ball not coming out with a new product, especially at the beginning of the season. You know, there's, quite a few coming out it's almost like you know new cars i mean there's so many nice new cars that are coming out how do you choose other than by you know what you can afford i mean if you had 
somebody gave me twenty five thousand, I'd have a hard time picking out which car I'd want. There's so many, Tim. Well, yep. And then I guess let me ask you this: as a pro shop guy, is is your busiest time? Is it going to be people preparing for league, or will it be like say right after the first of the year when people are getting ready for their tournament? time and, and state and nationals and city and just bowling you know the tournaments pick up a little bit more towards towards the winter months well you know i've been doing this for 40 years now and typically our season uh, at my pro shop in milwaukee is more geared toward recreational and beginner and intermediate players early in the season they want to come out of the blocks with with a good reaction with either a new ball or they're going to refinish their old ones or have the oils removed and and, and they tend to focus more early in the season. The tournament players that we deal with generally, they don't care so much about how the season starts. They care more how it ends. And they will focus on their equipment and, uh, you know, replacement pieces, say, more December, January time to learn them properly before the tournament swing, which is typically January through April. So, again, we don't have near as many intermediate or beginner bowlers coming in then at, at, in January or so, but that's when the tournament players, you know, save, they save up a little money, they, they realize what reaction they may need for the upcoming tournaments. And this way here, products have had a chance to kind of, you know, there's been a shakedown period with all these new products. They'll know which ones stand out, which ones don't. Well, that was the other thing that I was curious because there's, there's something to be said for having the, you know having the ball first, but then is that always the best thing when it comes to to new, a new bowling ball? Um, because sometimes you might want to wait just a little bit and and watch other people throw it or watch a guy who throws it kind of like you and say you know what I think that would fit in my bag here or that would be a good piece for me for this replacement. So there's always a couple different ways to skin a cat, I guess you could say, and and. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's it's an interesting, and, and I've always been kind of curious on, on how that works because I'm kind of of the, the mindset where I'm going to start my season out with what I have and then go from there and then make adjustments. Like you said, it's not how you start necessarily. It's how you finish. And um, and who knows? Sometimes you go into a, a, a house, if you know, taking a house shot or even a, a sports shot, and maybe the house got new oil. Maybe they, they switched to a different, you know, kegel oil or they switched to a different oil or got a new lane machine or they resurfaced their lanes or did something a little different. So I want to throw a little bit and see once what, what the lanes are doing this year as opposed to what they did last year. Right. And, you know, I, I've had seasons where I've come out of the gate strong and then toward the end of the season kind of, you know, struggle a little bit. And then I've had other seasons where I've come out of the gate pretty darn slow but finished really strong, and those are the seasons that you remember, and those are the se the seasons that I think feel like you accomplished something or you had a more successful time when you finished strong. And and that's not even saying you had a great tournament season, but just to know that you improved as the season went on and finished on a strong note is always a good feeling inside. Well, finishing on a strong note, Joe, that sounds uh, sounds like a good time for us to finish up right now. This has been this has been fun just catching up and chatting. I know we were talking we need to do this a little bit more, but you know, I thought it'd be great to sit down and just kind of pick each other's brain. We've been, you know, now that we're separated by by two time zones, you know, you see different things and I see and I see different things and that uh, you see and and um Maybe we should have some of the USBC Open Championships champions uh, on a show in either July or, or August and, 
and kind of pick their brain a little bit about what they use, what they found at the national tournament. And uh, I mean, there's uh, so many things we can do during summer and for an upcoming season, correct? Oh, I agree. And what I think would be good on that note is we get maybe five minutes with each of these guys where we do like just a rapid fire round, you know, round uh, uh, three questions with each of them. And so that we're not spending a whole heck of a lot of time with them, but just get get five minutes from each of them. That way we could kind of wrap it up in maybe one or two different shows and, and go from there. And like you said, find out what they thought of the oil, what they thought of the lanes, uh, where, how they attacked them with what they attacked, you know, what what bowling balls they were using for that sort of thing. And, and yeah, I think that's a great idea for August. We could, you know, line those up. I know in the past we've talked to, you know, we've talked to Matt McNeil and Matt Wagon when they, they won a couple of years past. And um, and Jeff Riggles, obviously, and such. But yeah, I think that's a, a great idea. Get get you know, cause get some folks out there and and help uh, help promote the the USBC Open. I know it's going to be in Reno again, so you get a lot of a lot of people rolling their eyes when they hear that. But you know what? They're doing what they can, and 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 we got you know, if we if we can, and if we're interested in bowling, you know, we got to bowl bowl the tournament and bowl it where it is. <laughs> I guess right. is the best and, way to put it. You know, and, and even though Reno can be a little expensive to get to for some people, there's a lot of things in Reno that you just don't get everywhere else and things that aren't really expensive once you're there. That's the thing. Exactly, Joe. So uh, let's uh, let's leave it at that. And, and for Tim Berg and Joe Sarar, good luck and good bowling. <laughs>